And we find as well, many people come to us after trying a more competitive model and saying, you know, I was doing well for a period of time, then it stopped working and I'm kind of done with the boom and bust. I just want something that's reliable. And I would love a hundred of these boring items and just sell a few a day in each country. And I know that it's going to compound and make a considerable amount of money for me. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Stephen Somers, CEO and co-founder of Marketplace Superheroes. Stephen and his partner, Robert, have taken their own successes in running their eight-figure Amazon business, which has sold over $12 million worth of products globally, and created Marketplace Superheroes to help others do the same. Stephen's goal is to create a community that is as successful as he has been and to teach them what it takes from someone that has actually done it. They are laser-focused on helping people become successful, be true business owners, and provide them the ability to create an income stream that can last for years to come. Let's dive into today's show. Well, hello, everybody. I'm here, Larry Sprung, with Stephen Summers, the CEO of Marketplace Superheroes. Thanks for joining us today, Stephen. Well, thank you for having me, sir. It's not very often, I'm sure, you get a weird Irish guy on the podcast, huh? We're welcome and open to all people, no matter weird or not, (laughs) Irish or not. (laughs) Well, I can't let you down. I'll have to be super weird today. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So listen, you have a really interesting story. Can you tell us about your path to becoming the CEO of Marketplace Superheroes? What led you here? Yeah, sure. So just to give some contextual information, I'm 33 years old now, just so people can get a feel of who's talking to them. And, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, I was really trying to figure out how to get an online business going because I actually was in the music industry before I figured out, hey, I want to be in business. And so I was basically working a job during the day as a data processor. Anybody out there has ever had that job, you'd know what it entails. It's incredibly (laughs) boring. I was in there on my computer all day doing the band. And then of course, you know, the band ended as they always do. Right. And here I am just been like, what, what am I going to do? Like, I I don't know what this destiny thing I had is now gone. And so luckily for me, I was studying business to say at nighttime while still working my job. And I got really passionate about marketing and about business in general. I was reading tons of extra books. I really, really obsessed with it. I finished my third year of college and I didn't do my last year because I said, do you want to know something? I love business. I love marketing. I need to find a way to get into business myself. So of course, I did what a lot of people do. I Googled how to make money online, how to become an entrepreneur. And of course, if anybody listening has done that, you know what you're getting back. A lot of very strange things. Certainly, you know, this is talking about 12, 13 years ago, very odd things back then as well that were not good. So long story short, I tried a lot of different things, bought lots of courses. None of them worked out. And I realized, hey, selling physical products 
online is, is something I can do. I don't have to be an expert or anything like that. And I met this guy, Robert, through my aunt, who's my business partner to this day. He did business that was very successful doing that. And I basically was like, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to learn how do you sell products on these different websites. And he's like, cool, come check out our warehouse. And I did. I, I took a week's vacation. I, I looked at this place. And I tell you what, it was cold. There were rats running around the place. But, you know, for the first time in my life, I saw real business, right? And right. that was really inspiring to me. So I quit my job. I moved into my aunt's spare room, worked in the warehouse all day, every day with Robert for like nine months, just learning the business inside and out. And then basically we started like becoming really good friends or work together all the time. We came up with this new way of doing things whereby we could sell on Amazon only. We could utilize their, what they call fulfillment by Amazon, which basically means we could send some of our stock into their warehouses all over the world, not just in the UK. And we could sell all kinds of different products. And that's what we did. We did that for like four or five years successfully. You know, we were doing maybe 1.8 million a year in revenue at the time at about a 30% net profit before tax, just to give a perspective into what we were doing. And yeah, then, you know, people asked us, how do you guys do this? And then we started teaching them. And here we are today, you know, 8,000 students. Uh, we have a freight company that we run as well. So we partner with our clients long-term. We ship their stuff from the Far East to the U.S., uh, Europe, Australia, Canada. And uh, yeah, we've got, uh, say, thousands of students and they're all selling on Amazon now. That That is unbelievable story. And we know all about the Amazon Fulfillment Center because they stop either at my office or my house usually once a day, you know? Uh, well, God bless and- them. I don't think I'm uncommon. I think a lot of people are in that environment. We're in that on-demand society. You know, like yesterday, I ran out of light bulbs and I was like, why am I going to go to the store? I went, I basically scanned the barcode, found the light bulb, ordered it, and it'll be here tomorrow. You got lots of smiley faces in your rubbish then, right? Just like we do. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, you touched on a lot of different components of what you've done and what Marketplace Superheroes is all about. Can you give the listeners a sense of exactly what Marketplace Superheroes does and what it's all about and how people benefit from it? Yeah, sure. So I alluded to it in the story. And nowadays, really, Marketplace Superheroes, it's more of what we call the hero network now, uh, which is a number of different things, which I'll touch on. But at its core, Marketplace Superheroes is still to this day, it's our flagship online training program where we teach people who are complete beginners typically how to start selling their own branded products across the globe, uh, primarily on Amazon. And so obviously within that, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. People are coming into this business, maybe with no business experience, like how I started. And they're like, what do you sell on Amazon? I mean, where do you even begin? Like, you mean, do you sell? I remember I used to think Robert sold, I don't know, like iPad covers or something, because that's all I can really conceptualize. But the thing to understand now about Amazon is there are millions and millions of products on the platform, not just a couple thousand, which some people might be thinking there are. We're into millions at this point in time, and they really span all different kinds of niches. Everything you can think of really is sold on Amazon now. And so what we do at Marketplace Superheroes, I believe is very different to everybody else in this space is we don't look to sell the most competitive items. We look to sell really low competition products that are not trendy. They're not exciting. I'm talking about, you know, the things that cover the feet of a washing machine, that kind of thing. (laughs) We're talking about that kind of thing. And we look to sell those same products in more than one Amazon country at the time. So not just on Amazon.com, but in Europe, all across Europe and in Canada, et cetera, et cetera. And so the lower competition items definitely makes us different. 
Selling globally makes us very different. Most people do not teach that. And I think the third biggest element that's the most important is the fact that really our members kind of plug into our services, plug into what we have in order to make things simple. Because if you didn't have Marketplace Superheroes and Superhero Freight, you could find a product that you want to sell on Amazon. You could speak to a supplier, an Alibaba or something. If it's a Far Eastern supplier, you get pricing, all that kind of good stuff. But then it comes the time you have to ship the thing from the Far East to the likes of the US. That's a major problem. And we've known right. this for years. We've been dealing with it for years. So we built our own freight company like two years ago, whereby we put our own containers on the water. They're all ours, nobody else's. We allow our members to pre-buy shipping credits like your cell phone you know you top it up then let's say your order is a certain size that's cool you're going to use that amount of space you have in your account and we literally speak to the supplier on our members behalf and we help them import things easily and so when you put all that together we've kind of become a one-stop shop really for people who want to start selling on amazon don't know how and they don't want to have to jump around to one million different places to try and like put all this together which unfortunately not unfortunately but every other program is kind of like that simply because like starting a freight company is not an easy thing like not at all we shipped two million items in 2020 which is a lot of logistics so we've refigured that out now and it's really benefiting our members a lot which is really cool. So are there different levels that somebody can get involved with you? If somebody just wants the teaching and the educational component, they can go that route. If they want the full plug and play, they can go that route as well. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's another element too. like a a lot of so-called course creators, air quotes there for anybody listening. They always are trying to make the most amount of, not all, but many are trying to make the most amount of money in the shortest period of time. We don't have that perspective. We say, look, you can join our main program and learn the whole thing. But here's the thing. You're going to want to ship things. So yes, you can join the freight thing. You can pre-buy your shipping, all separate, no problem. But we also do a lot of different things. Like we have a coaching program for people who want to get a real hands-on experience with a mentor. We've got a consulting thing for people who really want to plug in and get like daily consulting with our team. So there's all kinds of things that we offer. But the big thing is we make it affordable for people who want to learn. And some people want to start out very, you know, just non-threatening slow yeah we do that and then of course if you want to go fast we have that as well i think a lot of other programs that i know out there typically they're more expensive you don't get any of the other services and i'm not saying they're bad programs i'm just saying like really if you're going to be successful on amazon you need to have your logistics in place which is really important, but it's really confusing if you're on your own. And so that's why we've really tried to solve our clients' problems at every step as much as we can. Yeah, I mean, I think there are two things that I take away. Number one is, I don't know much about these other programs, so not to speak to them, but it's good that your program is coming from two people that have done this, successfully navigated it, they know what the trials and tribulations are, and that you can relay that to those people. And then the other thing is, it's one thing learning how to do something, like you said, but it's also a much different thing when you're dealing with all these moving parts and actually executing it. It's great to have all this knowledge, but if you can't figure out how to get product from where it is to where it's got to be, it's not going to be a business that's going to be lasting a long time for you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's totally true. And also on that front, you know, there's some people out there with amazing knowledge, but they just can't teach it. Right. And we're really, I would say, very accomplished at that at this point in time. Like some people, you know, I understand that we're in the internet, right? There's lots of different people out there. Some people say to us, you know, what's in it for you guys? Like, why do you teach this? If you're so good, why don't you just do it yourselves and not teach anybody? 
I respect that question, actually. And I always tell people, look, there are millions of items to sell on Amazon. So even if we wanted to, we could not sell them all. It would just be impossible. So that's number one. Number two, the only reason I'm sitting here today speaking to you, Larry, is that I had Robert in my corner, my initial mentor who taught me how this thing worked. And then we created a business off the back of that. And then on the third piece, really, we've built all these service companies because we understand like that our clients need these things because they're difficult to do. And hey, if we can partner with them long-term, well, then we have to help them succeed with their training so they'll be successful. And the only way we can be successful long-term is that our teaching has to be good so that they'll keep using our services. And so I like that because we're both in it together. If we're not good enough, then you won't continue to pay us. And I think that's the way it should be, you know? We've had conversations with people on the show before, and I think it comes down to whether you have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset. And it sounds like you guys have an abundance mindset where, hey, there's enough business to be had. Let's teach other people. And we could all rise together and leverage these services that we're building and and the infrastructure that we've created. Yeah. Have you found, are there certain qualities that people need to be a marketplace superhero and have a successful online business? Yeah, I would say so. Yes, I would think the biggest quality that I look for nowadays is actually an open mind, which is tricky to find sometimes because there's so much information out there on the internet. It's very easy to feel like you know what you're talking about, even if you've no practical experience. I see that quite often. Like, I mean, a really simple example is the person who says, Oh, like email marketing? What's the best tool for email marketing? And they they totally missed the point, which is like, look, the tool is important, but what's more important is other factors. Like what's your domain reputation like? You know, are good does Google think you're a spammer? Because if they think that, you might as well forget about it. It doesn't matter what software you have. So similarly here, you have to have an open mind to come in, look at how we do things and start looking for products in the way that we teach them rather than coming in with a preconceived idea, which may bring you down a bad path. So that would be the first thing. On from that, then we look for people who understand that a real business involves investing, which you guys know very well about. And you have to be prepared to put some money in, you know, it's 800 bucks to $3,000 approximately to launch a product on Amazon. Therefore, you're coming in. If someone says to me, how can I start for $500? I just tell them like, this is not the business model for you. You're really better going down a route where you're offering a service to somebody or something like that. So you're putting your time in, but you're, you're charging for your time, etc. So really there's that. And so that's why we find our most successful clients not always, but typically they're about 35 to maybe early to mid 50s. They're in a situation where, you know, they've worked in a job for a long time and tried some different stuff on the internet. And it's all been kind of complicated, not really worked out. And so we find those people who really have a big why behind why they want to get a business up and running. They're great because they come in, they've got an open mind, they're ready to learn, they're ready to listen. And then they're also ready to put some money into their business, which is an important piece. So when you have those elements together, as well as finally, finally, I would say a long-term outlook rather than, you know, how much money am I going to make in the next three months? versus well, in the next 18 to 24 months, where could I be? Those are the people that, that typically succeed in any business and especially with our business because, you know, a business takes time to establish. Yeah, absolutely. I think you describe a great mindset that is important. This is the Midland money mindset, but mindset yeah. is very important when you're trying to go down this route. And I think you bring up some key 
positions that should be in that mindset. Along the lines of the people that you described, do you find that initially a lot of folks will use this as the new term is side hustle at first and complement their existing employment until they get to a point where they can solely rely on that? Or do you see more people, hey, listen, I'm quitting my job tomorrow and I'm going to give this a whirl? We have people that come to us and say, I want to quit my job and do this right now. And I tell them, look, don't do that, right? Not because this doesn't work or anything like that. But I just tell people at the end of the day, it's going to take you a little bit of time to learn how to research products. That's always the thing that takes people a little bit of time because there's a bit of a knack to it. You have to understand what you're looking for. Obviously, we teach all that. But really from there, like there's some real time things you have to understand. Like for a product to be produced by a supplier with your own branding on it and everything, it's going to take about 30 days. Then, you know, it's going to take a time to find the product, maybe 30 days. And it's going to take also a bit of time to ship it, which is about a month, maybe a little more, a little bit over 30 days, 30 to 40 days. So you put all that together, you're into maybe 112, 120 days to go from an idea to getting yourself into stock, right? Assuming everything goes smoothly, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> and of course, you know, assuming there's no pandemics and whatnot, right? And right. and so that's something as well. Like it's important to set expectations for something like this. And so there's that. And I tell people that. And from that then really as well, when you get your products onto Amazon, let's say thousands of members. So we document these on, on our YouTube channel typically. And you see some people, they come in, things just take off. They've got the right items. They've got everything correct and off they go. And some people, it takes them a little longer. They've got to establish their product and do some things to optimize it and everything. So it takes a little bit of time to get going. And then that starts to grow quite rapidly whenever they do the research correctly. So long and short of it is, it's usually slow at the start and then it really picks up pace to the point where people run out of stock because they don't monitor their sales early enough because they think, oh, I only made like three sales today, whatever. Little do they realize, well, if you only have 300 units between everything happening, you've got to actually reorder sooner than you think because because there's real time it takes to get into stock. So I would say there are some things. That's why we tell people not to do it straight away. Also, my opinion for what it's worth on this is like, if you are expecting your business to pay you well, and you've had no experience in business before, and you're just coming in and you expect it to just take care of you immediately. I think you have to review what a business is. And a business is like a child. You know, when we have a kid, like you were telling me, you're a, you're a parent, I've got a little two-year-old boy and they come in and they, you got to take care of them early on. And I'm still in that, that process right now. And of course, then they get a little bit older, they can do a little bit more themselves. Then they get a bit older again, they can do most things for themselves. And eventually they take care of themselves. It takes time. I'm not saying hopefully. it takes Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully right. they take care of themselves. Exactly. Out the door by the time they're 24, as they say in Ireland, right? <laughs> so it's kind of that thing in a business. Okay, it's not going to take as long, but certainly it has a similar childhood. It gets a bit older. It starts taking care of itself. So certainly when you set your expectations correctly there, and also you're investing money in your products, that's a recipe for real success. And we've seen people go from literally zero, Peter and Rich, people we've documented, and they're well on the way uh, to doing a million dollars in sales in this the calendar year, which is fantastic. And we've got others as well. But you know, that took them maybe two years, two and a bit years to get there. So it doesn't happen overnight. And sorry that it doesn't happen overnight. But that's just the way businesses are. 
I mean, is there an art or a science to picking the right products? Because I would imagine yeah. when you talk to the people who are marketplace superheroes, you know, is it something that your success is tied to the product? Or yeah. are you saying that, hey, you could pretty much take any product and if you work things properly, yeah. you can hit great numbers? Yeah, no, uh, it's all about the product, actually, in our model and how we do things. We treat Amazon a little bit like a stock market insofar as we look at the products that are out there. We look at what's low in competition, but there's an opportunity. In other words, listing on Amazon's not great. The images aren't great. You know, title's not very good. Offer's not that good. It's literally just the product. You know, the pricing's too high. There's a whole lot of different variables in there that we look at. But at a very basic level, like we don't want to be selling plastic water bottles, right? Because there's just Things like that are so competitive. We're looking for the metal thread rack because they're, <laughs> they're all wooden thread racks. So people buy thread racks, but hey, there's only one metal thread rack on all of Amazon. That's a good opportunity because people are searching for that and there's only one out there. So we should make one. We can change up the offer. We can do a lot of things to it so we can take a piece of that market along with this other person. And that's really what we're looking for. And as I say, a really good framework that I'd like to give your listeners just so they can understand it is something we call the rule of five. I think this will give people a good indication of how it kind of works. So let's just say you had five products you sell on Amazon. Very basic, simply simple, boring products I'm talking about. And let's say they make five sales a day. And let's say you're selling them in five different markets and you're making five sales a day in each market. And you're making an average of $5 net profit before tax. Well, that would be five by five by five by five over a 30-day period of time. That's $18,750 net profit before tax. So a lot of people, they get their calculator at this point. How is this possible? It's only 20 grand and selling five items. But the, the real key is that you're selling these products, small number of sales, but in a number of countries at the same time. So obviously we're averaging out. Like it doesn't always right. fall. Like I'm making right. five in the US, I'm making five in Germany. It doesn't always happen that way. But you, when you average it out, that's what we're looking for. But the real point is we just call it market multiplication. And so when you have that simple items where they make sales in each different country, you have a real recipe for something. And we've just seen it again again and again and again with our clients and with ourselves, that simple idea works really well. And when you have your logistics, like what we do, when you can plug into that, it's really not that difficult because your only real job is to find more products like this that are low in competition that you can get launched in multiple countries. And so a lot of other programs, you know, you have to keep figuring out all the other steps. So as much as we can, we want to have it that people do not have to go elsewhere. Obviously, like you got to go speak to a supplier yourself on the likes of an Alibaba. We'd love to be in a position in the future where we can get rid of that, but that takes a lot of time and a lot of logistics. So yeah. I would imagine you also have to get good at knowing when to cut bait from a product, right? Yeah. Where it's run its useful life, where because of that long time frame, you don't want to be reordering for product that's coming in 120 days or so that's slowing down and not being as successful as it should or could be. Yeah. I agree with that. And again, that's why it's really important to do your research at the start because the initial order, you're buying some data just to see what's going on, see what it'll actually do, get a feel for that. And our hit rate's really good. You know, I mean, I don't want to give an exact hit rate for for a number of reasons, but it's very good for ourselves. Our clients, you know, we find typically, and again, I'm the most transparent person I can possibly be out there. Like I I find that some uh, many clients come to me and say, 
I didn't get my first product that right. I actually ordered something too competitive because I kind of freaked out a little bit whenever it came to placing my order. But uh, but I learned a lot from that. And I'm, I'm going to sell it out. It's going to take me about nine months to sell it out. But I learned a lot. I'm not going to make any money, but that's cool. And then mm-hmm. their second and third and fourth products are what we talk about. Because sometimes some other people, they just listen to what we're saying. They just go, I don't, I don't know if this is right, but the guys are telling me it's right. So I'm going to just listen to them and do it. And they're typically the people that have a success on their first product on. So when you put all those two pieces together, on the whole, people become successful as long as they order more than one product and they keep going and they keep researching. And then really when it comes to what you're talking about, when you've done your research correctly, I mean, I can make no guarantees, obviously, but we've got products that are selling now, like since before I started working with Robert, uh, maybe 12, 14 years now. Right. On sites like Amazon, obviously not every product is going to be as good as that. But uh, we find many of our members who've been with us for years now are still selling, you know, four years later, the products that they started with as well as some others now. So we find that because they're lesser competitive, they're not trendy, you get a longer time frame out of them. Whereas right. if you're selling, I think a really funny thing that's kind of sad for some people is to go to Google Trends and type in fidget spinner and yep. look over the last five years and you just go... Oh. Gum. Before you even yeah. said that, I was thinking he's going to yeah. say fidget spinner. Yeah, that was the first thing that came yeah. to my mind. I, I've yeah. never seen anything like that. I mean, because I'm sure you remember like me, it was like it went crazy. Every kid had a fidget spinner and then whatever. I still remember there was a guy, and I don't remember his name, who went on Shark Tank a few years ago. Yeah. And he, he had this whole vision of creating fidget world, fidget spinner <laughs> world, and he got a deal. Yeah. I wonder what happened to that because yeah, I haven't really heard much about fidget spinner since then. But yeah, I think you bring up some good points. Mindset and human nature, I think, to some degree is almost counterintuitive here because most people go into this probably thinking, I got to find a popular product yes, and kind of ride that wave. And that's why they have that trouble initially because yeah. they're thinking, I need popular. And you're telling them, no, you need something that's underserved, undermarketed, and yeah. you know, human nature like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Yeah. And then they end up probably seeing after that first sales cycle saying, oh, you know what? He was correct. The second one, which wasn't as popular, worked out a lot better. (laughs) I love that you said that because that is so true. I also, a couple of years ago, I was at an event over in the States and I met this really cool guy from Australia and he was an attorney over in Australia. He had a lot of different business interests as well. Real successful dude, much older than me. And I got chatting to him anyway. And he, he mentioned to me that we're talking about my business and the types of products our members sell and what we sell and stuff like that. And he said, you know, he said, I like what you're saying because I can't remember the name of the family, but there's a family in Australia he told me about and they are like billionaires. And he said, you know, they sell cardboard boxes and nobody really want to get into that business, like the junk removal business, right? Oh, it's it's not an exciting business to be in. I don't want to do that. But of course, like the people that are prepared to get into those businesses, they're very successful simply because it's a lesser competitive market. And so, yeah, like if we're selling a seed box for holding seeds in it, you know, right. like that's not as competitive as going out and selling like, uh, you know, these supplements or whatever. And so, yeah, like there's loads of people out there that are making literally thousands of sales a day on a product. But at what cost? Like, you know, how much does it cost to get in front of those clients? Is that going to be sustainable? You've got people nipping at your heels constantly. 
So Art all, expression. Yeah. We find as well, many people come to us after trying a more competitive model and saying, you know, I was doing well for a period of time, then it stopped working. And I'm kind of done with the boom and bust. I just want something that's reliable. And I would love a hundred of these boring items and just sell a few a day in each country. And I know that it's going to compound and make a considerable amount of money for me. Right, right. And I guess you need a product that's kind of consumed across all these different countries also. You don't want something that's predominantly consumed in the U.S. versus Europe or something like that, because then that's going to limit. So it seems like everything else in life, a lot of it goes up into that upfront research and making sure that you're doing your due diligence upfront before you dive into launching this business, right? A hundred percent. I agree with that. It's very important. But also, yeah, like just on that point about selling in multiple countries, we find like most products kind of we would be researching would fit that profile that you're talking about. But sometimes they don't, you know, and sometimes people look at it and they say, yeah, like I know I'm not going to make very many sales really in the other markets, but hey, it's another product. It'll do well in the US maybe, or it'll do well in the UK maybe, you know, for example. But we typically research in the US primarily because it's the biggest market. And usually we find that things just sell in multiple countries, like a guitar rack, that's going to sell. And I'm not saying sell guitar racks, but I'm just giving you an example. Like, you know, that's going to sell in every country because right. people have guitars. Sure. Whereas, you know, yeah, like you get into, I don't know, a, a US flag or something, you know, sure, you'll make sales <laughs> elsewhere, but obviously in the States, you'll make a lot more, you know? Right. So listen, how have you and your partner, Robert, how have you been so successful? What do you guys attribute your success to? Yeah. A number of things. I mean, the big one is something you said a few minutes ago, which I really agree with. And it's one of those terms like that people can feel a little bit wishy-washy, but I think it's a very important term, which is abundance. And we definitely have that mentality of, you know, we've always had that. Even when I started working with Robert, like when we first started working together, he, he had an old company that was where I was working in initially. And it was like an old business model, really, in that they were selling on eBay and Amazon, but they were like in one niche, one niche, uh, selling the same kind of stuff. And it was very competitive stuff. And so we looked at a different way of doing that, which we obviously teach now. We've been doing for a number of years. The point really is that even at that time, we were making very little money. We got rid of all the staff. It was just Robert and I rebuilding the business. We still had the abundant mentality. We knew that we just got to get more products in and get them selling. So I think that's level one of why we're successful is that two, we are definitely long-term thinkers, something I mentioned earlier, like that with the Amazon business. We didn't even intend on teaching this many, many, many years ago. It was just something we had. We like going to, we were talking this before we went live, you know, we like going to Disney with our families every year and we used to all go together and it would be a fun vacation, you know, and then it just slowly but surely we wanted to saw things, wanted to give more impact and everything. And so we've always been long-term in, in that perspective. I think on from that then as well, I've got a very fortunate position that Robert is one of the best in the world when it comes to understanding the mathematics of businesses, understanding reading, like when should we reorder? And obviously these are things we teach to our clients. He's brilliant at that and much better than I. I, on the other hand, bring the marketing side of things and all that. So we have that. And uh, I think really just the final thing, and it's a big first chapter in Think and Grow Rich. We just had a burning desire. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be successful. It's come from the time I was a kid when I was told, you're not good enough to get into the soccer team. And within a year, like I was like captain of the county team because I was like, I'm not going to let this person tell me I'm not good enough. 
So both Robert and I, we're just two regular Irish dudes. We've just figured out a process. We're absolutely committed to being successful and we just keep going. We've got resilience as well. People, you know, I wanted to give up a couple of times when I first started, when it got tough because we didn't have any other business. So it had to work. We didn't have the luxury of like another income. And it got hard sometimes. And I was like, maybe this is not what I want to do. But of course, we stuck in, we stayed resilient. We gave it the time. We found other ways to to do things. And now I'm so happy that I had Robert during those times because I might have given up otherwise. Yeah, well, listen, if he didn't have the abundance mindset from the start, he would never have brought you in and had those conversations that he had initially. So I think that's very, very key to growing. And struggles are something that go along with business hand in hand. I mean, at least once every couple of years, I want to fire myself and I kind (laughs) of ad hoc do. And because it's like, hey, listen, something goes wrong and awry. And you're like, hey, I want to fire my, I should fire myself today. And (laughs) But ultimately we end up coming back because we're glutton for punishment and we want to be successful and want to grow a business and help people. So yeah, support piece of the puzzle for sure. Absolutely. And I think when you get to the place where you're maybe teaching things and like you are, you're advising people, That's whenever you've got to do what you just said. And it's so true. We just think about our clients all the time. And sometimes they break our hearts, as we would say in Ireland. You know, they really are frustrating at times because they're just learning this process. But ultimately, we have fallen in love with our clients. It's a Jay Abraham mentality. And it's really been the thing that's helped us succeed so much because we wouldn't have the freight company and the software and all the services and everything we do if we didn't have a lot of people who trust us, who believe in what we're doing, who believe in what they're doing as a result. And that level of trust, I think, is uncommon in our business because obviously in the internet build a business thing, you have a lot of people who are, let's face it, they are untrustworthy. They do these high pressure sales tactics and all that. Whereas we've always been, look, here's how it works. Here are the numbers. And if this sounds good to you, we're here to help you. And now it's funny, Larry, because we're at this place now where we have so many results. It almost sounds too good to be true. Some of the results that we've generated, but it's just because we've been doing this so long. And it's kind of frustrating because like in the Amazon market now, because of what's happened in the world with Corona and everything, you know, Amazon's blowing up a lot. And so now we've all these people opportunities jumping into the market, promising people a lot. That's something I'm battling against as well, because I don't like seeing that. And I don't like thinking about people been taken for a ride, you know, like you guys protect your clients, we protect theirs. Sure. So what's the next step in store for Marketplace Superheroes? Do you have anything on the horizon? Yeah, like we're just constantly growing our freight network. We just opened our Canadian warehouse earlier this year. So that's really exciting when that's a really cool thing. On from that, then we're just constantly growing our team so that we can provide more solutions to our members. Some people come to us and say, I love this, but I don't have the time to do research. So we're always trying to see, look, can we give you someone to do research for you and all these kinds of things. So really for us, it's just constantly looking for ways to help our clients more because our main mission is to see people with real businesses and then at the same time, see people shipping because the more people are shipping, the more it's working for them and the better it is for us. So we're always open about that, you know? You get that huge economy of scale because you have that shipping component already under your roof. That's right. Well, Stephen, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. We always end every show asking everybody the same question. This is the Midland money mindset. So what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Yes. Well, what I did today was I took a drive 
and I listened to some Dan Kennedy, one of my marketing heroes. And whenever I listen to Dan Kennedy, I always get in the right mind frame. I always get excited again about business. And so I go for a drive. I have some caffeine. I listen to that and I get pumped up and then I get back in, uh, speak to people and everyone's like, whoa, where did all these new ideas come from? (laughs) Where it came from. So that's what I did today. There you go. You just got to make sure you don't hit the gas pedal too hard on the way back to the office, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can get in big trouble over here for that. (laughs) There you go. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today, Steve. Stephen, and we want to thank you for your time and make it a great day. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Stephen Somers for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Stephen is an example of what it takes to build a successful business and turn it into a tool to help others do the same. Many of the skills that are taught through their experiences can be applied to other businesses and life in general. Marketplace Superheroes and Steven Somers can be found across all social media platforms. All their contact information can be found in the show notes, and I encourage you to take a look. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.